Pigskin sleaze, Jay. That's the gridiron, G. Dusty. Dusty, I sound like shit. Yeah, your mic's not working, so. My mic's on the IR. It'll be back in four weeks, and then it could start practicing in three. Uh, all right, man. Before we get into these recaps, first of all, you might hear me chewing. I mean, a nice piece of fish, healthy little fish right here. I burnt the butter. That's okay. But. I do have, speaking of food, I got breaking news, dude. Have you tried Taco Bell's new seven-layered fries? No, I don't eat that stuff, man. Don't talk about Taco Bell. Bro, I'm trying to get a a freaking endorsement here. What do you mean you don't eat that stuff? You don't eat delicious? Yeah, I do. If I wanted to cheat on my diet, I would go to Taco Bell probably once every six months. How about that? Is that good enough for you? No, that's not. It's once a week is your cheat meal and you use it on Taco Bell. This is like in the Bible. I don't know what Bible you're reading. We just lost all our religious followers. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm sorry my voice sounds like I'm on Mars. My mic is broken. We're going to jump into these recaps. Uh, you know, every all the playoff pictures are clearing up. The MVP picture is clearing up. You know, Dustin, do you see they have a new... MVP voting system now. Yeah, you know, the voting system, I mean, I don't know if it was broken. I think this is just a a way that they give some notoriety to some of the players that won't get the the award. You know, for instance, like I think last year when Cooper Cup had that crazy season, I think he received one vote. So I think this is a way to have seasons like that more recognized. You know, so the, the instead of saying he got one vote, he was recognized by multiple voters that had them and the players like that that have seasons like that in their top five. Yeah, just uh, for the dozens and dozens of new age footballers fans out there, what we're talking about is typically anyone that had a vote put in one vote for the player they wanted. Now it's going to be more like NBA style. They're going to rank their top five for MVP. All the other awards, they'll rank their top three, and it'll run off a point system based on where you rank them. I, I love it. Like you said, it's going to give recognition and uh, some votes to some people that really deserve it. I think you have someone in mind that you think is a non-quarterback that should get perhaps some MVP votes. Yeah, absolutely. I think Justin Jefferson deserves you know, to be recognized right up there with the players like Mahomes and um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, without him, the Vikings are probably not even a winning team in this league. He's pretty much their seventy-five percent of their production on offense. Uh, the games he puts up every week, the catches he makes, big-time catches he makes. You know, it's not always about the stats, even though he's going to put them up. He's probably going to break Calvin Johnson's. Well, he should break Calvin Johnson's yardage record. I know there's an extra game in there, but you know, these are things that. A season like that should definitely be recognized. And, you know, I know the quarterback touches the ball every single play, so that's why they're always going to win the MVP. But I just think for a season like Justin Jefferson's having this year and a season like Cooper Cup had last year, you know, not winning the MVP award doesn't mean they didn't have an MVP-like season. So I think there should be something done more than what they've done already. That's just my opinion. I just really think that if you're going to have offensive player of the year as a separate award, just we did it on the show. Just make it a non quarterback award. Just don't give it to a quarterback because you're going to give the MVP to quarterback every year. But I'll I'll counter your Justin Jefferson. I mean, you you pre- make a pretty good argument because if he's not on the Vikings, who knows what they look like. But Tyreek Hill, you know, up until this week, he had more yards than Justin Jefferson. They have the same amount of touchdowns. I actually, look at their stats. They're eerily similar as far as targets, even their they're long for the year is tied at 64. So Tyree Kill, I think he turned around to his career there, obviously with Mike McDaniel. But that's another historic season we're seeing too, even not even counting the fact that they're getting an extra game. Agreed. I didn't know you were such an NBA fan. Uh, I'm not at all. NBA is boring until you get to the playoffs. Let's get to some non-boring game recaps. 
We're going to start with the weird Thursday nighter. Raiders at Rams. The Rams take it down. We both picked the Rams in our pick them last week on this show. They win 17-16 outright. Baker has the playbook for, I don't know, 48 hours. Uh, everyone's giving credit to Baker, and it's really cool because I haven't given up on Baker. I still like him, and I think he's in a good spot, like I mentioned last week. But even Baker said in the post-game press conference that on that long play, he said, oh, my God, they're giving me press coverage with a one-high safety look. I'm just throwing this thing up there. Great ball placement, great catch. Who cares about the Rams? They are obviously in evaluation phase at this point. The Raiders, you know, just when you and I get behind them, Dustin, every single time we get behind them this year, they let everyone down. Well, we both said we're not going to pick them this week because we were kind of feeling the the Raider juice. And look what happened. Yeah, the Raider us, juice we, sounds nasty. Yeah, I kind of went with – I don't know what I went with. I just made that Raider up. Juice. Is it black? I don't From know. Top, baby. It's like it's like oil that slows you down. <laughs> exactly I'll what just, they are. I hate that. Yeah, they're like castor oil. I'll uh I'll just give myself a shout out. I said last week that you know Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs weren't having the year they're having. Everyone would be looking at Carr and saying that he's regressed this year compared to the pre-Josh McDaniels era. And I think it showed in this game. They really took away Devontae Adams as much as they can, only three catches. And just Carr doesn't look right. I have a question for you. Who cares about these teams, especially the Raiders now? They're eliminated as well. Essentially, you're the Raiders. You paid Devontae Adams a lot of money, and he's college buddies with Carr. You are able to get rid of the Carr contract this offseason. Do you do it? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know if it's Derek Carr that's the problem. You know, there was a there was after this game they had a uh, in the press conference with McDaniel's. He had an interesting quote. He said, you know, he was. They asked him how you know what he thought of the performance from Baker Mayfield, and he tried he tried to throw shade on it. He he was he said, uh, you know, we had to prepare for three different quarterbacks on a short week, but my my hat's off to him or something like that. And like that, you're trying to make excuses like. You know, you're throwing that little jab, but in the end, your team had 300 total yards of offense. You scored 16 points, and you know it, you you didn't get the job done against a beat up Rams team without Aaron Donald. I mean, that's not. I mean, Carr had a terrible game. Uh, his stats were putrid, but you know, I I still believe in Derek Carr. You know, if people are still believing in Mayfield, then I definitely think Derek Carr deserves another shot with this team. I mean, Adams is having a really good season. They just need to do a little bit more. You know, if Josh Jacobs stays, which I don't think he will, I think he'll get paid. Um, I don't know where they go, but I, I I think Carr definitely deserves to stay. Yeah, I, I think you have to give him one more year. I mean, what else are you going to do? You don't have any other quarterback. Uh, let's see what they do in the draft. I do think I didn't know that McDaniel said that after the game. That's BS. That's such a cop out. That sounds that that smells yeah. like desperation. Uh, a coach should not be saying that. That's ridiculous. Let's move on. Minnesota at Detroit. This is a better game to talk about. 34-23 Lions. Not even really all that close. They put them away. I said it last week. I love the Lions. I picked them. They are the hottest team in football right now. And guess what? I'll say outside of Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, I don't think there's a quarterback playing better in the league right now than Goff. And I've always been a Goff hater, even when he had his good year with the Rams. I thought it was uh, the product of the McVay system. Listen to this. Listen to his last three games. 330 yards, three touchdowns. That was this week. 340 yards, two touchdowns. 240 yards, two touchdowns. During this stretch where they won five of six games, he has 10 touchdowns to one pick. So he's really getting it done. He's very comfortable in this offense right now. Jamison Williams is back, so that's another weapon for him. And on the other side of the ball, their pass defense sucks, but Detroit's run defense is, dare I say, elite. Oh, uh, I don't know about I elite. I said it. You did say it. Um, yeah, I mean, this game This game showed a lot uh, about Detroit. Um, the spread did also. I mean, Detroit clearly was the better football team. Hands down, across the board. Um, Jared Goff, is, I wouldn't say that, you know, we we poop on him like McVay did, 
I say we accept him for who he is. I mean, he did go to a Super Bowl. He's capable of leading a team, clearly. Um, but he does have turnover issues that have not affected this team in the last six weeks of football. And, you know, they're taking better care of the ball. Uh, I think a lot of this has to do with the way they're coached on both sides of both sides of the ball. And they're just really starting to believe in themselves because of the way they're coached. And, you know, they've been beat up. They've been the stepchild of the NFL for a long time. And I think that's really they've learned from all of that over the years, especially earlier in the year. And they're just learning how to play football and play winning games. They're, they're a very aggressive team. Uh, they have the talent. But more importantly than anything, they have the grit and they have the strength. They're a strong team, like their defense and their offense, the way they play football. They're very physical and um, they're putting it together and it shows they're, they're learning how to win. If you remember early in the season, they were losing a lot of games late. And I think they've learned from those situations and now they're starting to hit their stride. I mean, I don't know where they go from here. It seems like they're going to sneak in. Um, but I wouldn't. Oh, I hope they do. That'd be so great. But they do have to play the second best defense in football this week in the Jets. Uh, I'd, if it weren't for that, I'd be rooting for the Lions the rest of the year. I certainly hope they make it on the other side of the ball. The division leader Vikings, you know, if they lose out and Detroit wins out, Detroit takes a division, but we don't think that's going to happen. But for the Vikings, you know, it's the first game they lost where Jefferson wasn't quiet. Their only other losses is when Jefferson was erased. You know, he went off for 11 for 223. Kirk had 425 and two touchdowns. Clearly the offense was not the problem here. We talked about it last week. This past defense is arguably the worst in the NFL. And that's real trouble for uh, a team hoping to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah. And the, you know, they're, they're giving up a lot of points. Uh, their secondary is a mess. Um, I think they're giving up like 28 points a game in the last six weeks or something like that. Uh, you know, we talked about it during the deadline. I think they really needed to dress their secondary and they did not. And, you know, Kirk Cousins can throw the ball to Justin Jefferson's all day. There's another team that we just talked about that has the same game plan and look where look where they're at. So I just feel like this team is very dependent um, on the big play from Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook hasn't looked good. He had two turnovers in this game. And I just feel like, you know, a lot of people say that they're not respected. And, you know, when you when you're a one point one and a half point uh, underdog to the Detroit Lions, there's a reason why the, you don't get respect. That's no knock on the lines. It's just that when your record is what it is, you should not be a one and a half point underdog to Detroit. And man, they almost lost to the Jets last week. They probably should have lost to the Jets last week, and that would have been two in a row. So you know the media would have been having a field day with two losses in a row. But we will see how the defense hold up. Speaking of my boys, the Jets at the Bills, I knew they were going to cover that nine and a half point spread. Tough game. Mike White is tough as freaking nails. He looked like he got Goldberg speared out of the Yo, planet. I was going to say, who do give you me got? my bell. I said it first. I, you did. You did. But all right, I'll give you the bell. Thank you very much. So, yeah, he got speared. Uh, but he came in. He was tough. I thought, the, you know, look, the Bills defense was a lot. Uh, I most vividly just see. Gregory Rosau just in the backfield all day. He's clearly picked up some hints from Von Miller, and he's really playing like that first-round pick they drafted him to be. I thought the Jets looked decent, but they're up against a juggernaut here. You know, Josh Allen, uh, not the best day, but I don't think it's like when we spoke about him previously where he wasn't playing well. It was terrible weather conditions. And this is an elite defense in the Jets. I, I could say that unbiasedly. Stefan Diggs was lost in the sauce. And it was a gritty game and the Bills won. So I give them credit for winning the tough game. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just want to say, you know, Jets fans are usually a very impatient fan base. You know, you guys are having a really good season. And listen, you're playing meaningful football in December. I can't remember the last time the Jets had that. And you're going up against a team that you beat who's a Second, second in the, I think, what are they, the odds to win the Super Bowl? I think there are two or three in the in the running right now. It should be two. So, you know, going up against a Buffalo Bills team in Buffalo in that in those weather conditions with the quarterback like Mike White, which still, you know, 
they played they played a great game. I mean, I, I don't think the Jets are, you know, still looking for moral victories, but for me, this was a moral victory from an outsider looking in. I, I think the Jets are a legitimate top three defense in the NFL. And I really believe from what I've seen from Mike White, even though he just got gored through the screen. Gore! <laughs> gore! Um, he picked himself Dad, up. I forgot about Rhino. He picked himself up off the, the ground twice in this game, tried to get back in there. And listen, the Jets had a chance to win this game. If if they don't make that bonehead offside, offsides to end the half, they gave seven points away right there. Josh Allen's back was against the wall a lot in this game, but they just pulled it out. And again, this is we're not talking about the Vikings. We're not talking about who they lost to. I understand that, but we're not talking about those types of teams. We're talking about the probably the best team in the league, arguably. And they went toe to toe with them. So, I mean, they are a legitimate a threat in the playoffs. Mike White is playing really well. I mean, you see it. He's making his reads. He's making good passes. He's on. He's got great chemistry with his receivers. Uh, if they don't fumble that ball and they don't make that bonehead offsides call, you know, and maybe they, Joe Flacco doesn't come in for one play and immediately yeah, fumble the fumble. ball. This maybe. guy just belongs in a backyard somewhere, but just get him out of the NFL. He actually was demoted to third string. Zach Wilson got a promotion to the second string. You know, the the last thing I'll say on the Jets is that's two weeks in a row. They've outscored the other team and lost. This is a young team. There weren't, they're still learning how to win those situational football times in the game that they have to win third downs. They were bad again on third downs. They got to get into the red zone. They have to convert in the red zone. They're learning. They're, it's better, they're, they're it's better to have those issues now than have them too late when you're, you know, because they should make the playoffs if, you know, New England's not ready. I don't know, man. They got Lions this week. They got Miami. They have Jacksonville on a Thursday night, and we have to talk about your boy, Trevor. And, you know, it's it's a tough, tough schedule to finish out, but they're seven and six. I think they just have to win two more games and they'll be in, but it's not going to be easy. It's the Patriots and the Chargers are still there, as are the Dolphins. Let's move on. Uh, Ravens, Steelers, once again, just these two teams. It doesn't matter what year it is. It's such a hard-hitting affair. Uh, Exhibit A, Tyler Hundley leaves with a concussion. Exhibit B, Pickett leaves with a concussion. So we had the battle of the backups. Ravens outlast 16-14. The Ravens don't look like a great team right now. Obviously, Lamar Jackson's not playing. But this, to me, looked like two non-playoff teams. So... You know, I don't really have much to say without Lamar in. The one thing I'll say is, I said it earlier in the year, I love Roquan Smith. He's such a great player, and it's no coincidence that Patrick Queen is having the best stretch of his career once Roquan gets here and they get used to playing next to each other. Yeah, they're the fastest linebacking core in football. And looks like Mitch Trubisky loves Roquan Smith, too, because he kept throwing the football. <laughs> I thought he looked okay, except those horrendous three picks. He's just hey. this guy just... Can't help himself. Pickett was playing good ball last four or five weeks, and you know it sucks to see him go. By the way, they should have called a penalty on that. He got slammed to the ground, but whatever. Uh, and then Trubisky came in the game, and yeah, he had a couple nice throws, and but you can't turn the ball over twice in the red zone, especially to a defense like that. Um, so you know the Ravens, we talk about them all the time. They're as far as Lamar goes, so if he doesn't play. They're not really a threat to anybody. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't really know the status of him. Do you Do you know it? For Huntley or Pickett? No, Lamar. Oh, Lamar? Well, he's not coming back yet. It's going to be a few more weeks. They And they say Huntley's ready to play. So they're clearly getting Huntley ready to be the starter. Yeah, whatever. You know, for Pickett, I have a question for you. I mean, he needs the reps. We know this. Yeah. But he got through a lot of the season now. This is his second concussion this season Steelers got to be careful with their franchise, potentially franchise quarterback here. Yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor. He did come back in the game and they pulled him out after one play, but he did go back in. So I don't know how bad it is or how bad it could be, but he, he definitely, he should be playing if he can get on the field. If they want to give him a week off, I'm okay with it. But I think he needs the reps, especially with these, with this team. Cause a lot of these guys will be back next year. So I'd like to give him one more week, but he does absolutely need the wrap. So that's, it's a hard decision to make Philadelphia at the giants. You know, we both wanted to take the giants a plus 6.5, but we said Philly was just too powerful. Should have followed us to the ticket window. 
they're just way, way too talented compared to this Giants team. Last week, it was Hurt's arm. This week, it was mostly his legs. Although highly efficient passing, he still had two touchdowns. And, you know, I mentioned it earlier. If the alien known as Mahomes isn't on this planet, Hurts is starting to run away with the MVP award. And when I say that, you know, they had a really good season. And I think Dable, he got the most out of this team that you probably expect from any coach. So as far as the job he's done there and and the coaching staff and, you know, the GM, I mean, they've done a great job. They had to overhaul what they could in the offseason. And, you know, they made this thing work. And I just think that, you know, this was eventually going to happen. Their offense is extremely limited, as we talk about all the time. And the Eagles really put it out there this week. They're just way too powerful on a whole nother level than the Giants. And, you know, um, as powerful as and as good as the Eagles have been all year, I know after Micah Parsons made those comments about Jalen Hurts, about the uh, about the MVP, and, you know, he thinks that most of it is part of the team that he's on. Now, I don't want to, like, say – I'm not discrediting Jalen Hurts at all, but I kind of agree with what Parsons said because if you – I mean – you look at players like Devonta Smith and AJ Brown and Sanders and their offensive line and their defense, it must make his job so much easier than it was last year. And then the other thing that I was looking at <clears throat> is the schedule they had this year. They've only played two teams that are in the top 10 defense in the year. And that was the Cowboys and the commanders. And they also had struggled with uh, the Colts. Now I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve the MVP. I'm not saying he's, not playing lights out. He is, he's doing everything to prove that, but I'm just saying the only thing I'm, my point is don't be surprised if this team in the playoffs doesn't look like they look like right now. Cause if they play a team like San Francisco in the playoffs might see a different outcome to that game. Well, you know, good stats on the schedule. And I mean, San Francisco's defense is just on another planet right now, but I think the rest of that's BS. It hurts when you watch his film, the throws, the reads he's making, his ability with his legs. He's truly an MVP candidate. I don't think any defense, maybe except outside San Francisco, uh, can really handle this. Uh, you know, maybe every once in a while someone will get the better of him. And maybe he doesn't have the playoff experience and that'll happen, but Hurts is playing out of his mind. You would never say that about Mahomes because he had Tyree Kill and Kelsey. Yeah, the Eagles roster, especially on offense, is absolutely stacked, but Hurts is the engine man. He makes this thing run. And I, I just I love Hurts. I'm a huge I, I fan. Think, I I think he's a top three quarterback. I'm not I don't want I don't want to sound like I'm like pooping on the Eagles because I would just be an idiot to do that. I mean, they are the they are the best roster in football. So what I'm saying is, you know, everyone's saying how good they are and they can't be beat. But for some reason, I don't know if you have this too, you're still not fully sold on Jalen Hurts. Oh, I am. I was, I've been sold since week three when I pounded saying he's an MVP candidate, watch out. And a lot of people said that's way too early. And here he is. I am completely sold on Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be good for a really long time. I am all in, baby. I, I I think he's really good, but I, I'm just not ready to put him in like Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow. Like I think those quarterbacks are much better than him. You know, I think you take Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes. If you were to move them to new teams, I think they're still great. And yes, I think Hurts is in the perfect situation right now. You know, you put him on like the Patriots. Is he going to play like this? I don't know, but he would certainly make that team a hell of a lot better. I. So maybe he's right underneath those guys. But to me, he's he's tier one, even if he's the bottom of tier one. I, I will say, you know, but I love him. And we'll see what he does in the playoffs this year. But I do have a problem with guys that have never been to the playoffs. They're never they're never my bet. Cleveland at Cincy. Cincy minus 6.5. We picked them. They cover easily. 23-10. You know, Burrow, not as hot as he was the past few weeks. But Deshaun Watson, you know, looks pretty similar to how he did last week. Maybe a little better. And I'll just say, you know, when I was watching this game, what really jumped off the screen to me was the Cincinnati defense once again. And DJ Reader, this guy just eats up offensive lines. You cannot run on this guy. He shut down Chubb. He was a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. He's the defense, defense all year, even when they had the injuries, they've, they've been very, very under the radar. They, a lot of the success goes to the offense and the way Burrow's been playing the last 
it's like almost six or seven games now. You know, he's definitely a, uh, a MVP candidate. If they keep this up and someone falls back, he'd probably be the next man up to be take a shot at the MVP award. But the defense, when Reader came back, they've been back to that elite looking defense. And, you know, the Chase is back on the offense. And I just feel like this team is probably a team that can they're what they're doing now is they're they're just they're always in position to win the game they they know how to finish the game they know how to stay in, in the game even when burrow doesn't look his greatest you know this is a team that he's never beaten this he's owned five against the, the browns in his career so he finally got that monkey off his back and you know the browns are a good defense uh watson's still rusty i don't know how long that's going to take to shake off but the Bengals are are playing really, really good football and kind of like reminds you of what happened last year when like a lot of people late in the season were not like buying into them. They're probably going to win this division. And, you know, who, who knows what happens with the Bills and the Chiefs are probably going to take them. I think the Chiefs will be the one seed at the end of the year. But the Bengals are a team that I'd probably rather not play them more than any other team besides the Chiefs in the AFC. All right, I was going to raise you the Lions, but you qualified it with the AFC. But the uh, no, the Bengals are hot right now, no doubt about it. And uh, watch out, here comes Burrow, Joe Cool. Speaking of someone playing cool, Jacksonville at Tennessee, Trevor Lawrence, holy shiz. I watched the game. <clears throat> he still obviously has to be consistent on a week-to-week basis, but this is me giving in. Trevor Lawrence is him. It's about time. Took you 15 weeks. I've come around. And, you know, I figured out, I did some soul searching and I realized what it is. I think a part of me didn't want to succeed because the Jets won that stupid game in 2020 against the Jaguars and we got Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. Can you imagine if Lawrence was on the Jets right now? So maybe I have some some issues to work out. But I admit it. I didn't I didn't like him for a lot of this year. And you see the talent. It's he is him. He has the ability to be a top three to four quarterback in this league. And he showed it against a defense that was playing really, really well. Seats taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's you, you've taken up every seat on that bandwagon. Yeah, you know, I've seen this before, though. You know, he's got to – he's got to be consistent with this type of gameplay. That's, that's my biggest thing on him. And, you know, next year, Calvin Ridley's here. So he's got all the weapons he needs on that offense. Um, their offensive line looked good in this game, but he was, he was surgical in this game with that. And the Titans defense has been kind of good all year. And as for the Titans, um, I think they'll be fine. I think this is just a bad game for them. A lot of uncharacteristic turnovers in this game too, from, Derek Henry, we had two from T- Tannehill, uh, bad field position in them throughout this game, and it just got away from them. I I, I don't see this happening again, so I'm going to chalk this up as an uncharacteristic loss, and I think the Titans will be okay. Well, you know, maybe they will, maybe they won't, and I usually don't like giving credit to the outside noise. I mean, these players are professionals, and they work their ass off every day to play on Sunday, so – they're usually really good at blocking out these outside noise, but I can't shake this feeling that this owner firing the GM in the middle of the season, it was a distraction. It didn't need to happen. You didn't need a new GM this late in the season. You could have waited till Black Monday. And I think it's a distraction. If you're Tannehill, you have to be wondering, the GM that gave me this contract is out. If you're Derrick Henry, the GM that gave me this contract is out and I'm a running back and I know what teams think of aging running backs getting another deal. You know, and a lot of players might be thinking the same way. So I just I think it was just an unnecessary distraction. And I really actually believe the outside noise was in the back of some players' minds and maybe disrupted their, you know, preparation during the week. Or maybe it was just an off week, like you said. Speaking of off weeks, Houston at Dallas. The Cowboys pull it out 27-23. And obviously what everyone's saying all week is, hey, a win is a win is a win. And you know what? I'm actually, I'm exactly where you are with the Titans. Some weeks you're just not going to have it. They just didn't have it this week. But uncharacteristic to past years for the Cowboys, they're a good team that found a way. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up. Dak Prescott woke up at the end of the game and he drove the the field in 40 seconds and won. 
Um, but I will say one thing, you know, if you're going to be that team, you can't play games like this against a team that you were 17 point favorites on though. I think they came out flat and I said this for years about the Cowboys. I feel like they, they have a problem showing up a lot and this clearly showed that, you know, um, there was a there was an interview with Draymond Green. Not to get completely off topic, but I was going to say, what did you mean? To yeah, say Draymond there was an interview Green? with Draymond Green. Uh, I don't know what it was on, but he said, you know, the season is grueling, and sometimes, like when he's at the arena and the the game is, you know, he'll be playing a team like Sacramento, and he said it's really hard for me to get excited about playing a team like Sacramento. And I feel like that's exactly what the Cowboys are. They do this a lot. And, you know, there, there, there's a, there's teams in this league that don't do that. And, you know, that I think one of the the biggest issues with the Cowboys has been since they've been on such a, um, a slide since they've been a playoff a contender, they just do this a lot. And they, and then they, you know, sometimes they don't wake up, you know, like last year, you know, they, in the playoffs, they had these, you know, number one offense in the league and you just completely pooped the bed against, I think it was San Francisco who they lost to. Right. Yeah. It's a pretty good defense. So, I mean, I know they came back and everyone's talking about, they pulled it out at the end. They stuffed them, you know, that's great, but it was the Houston Texans. Like, you should not be in that situation against a team like Houston. You're way too talented for that. And the other thing I want to talk about about the Cowboys is what's up with CD Lamb? Is he the guy or is he just kind of an afterthought? Because there's a lot of games where he just completely disappears. And, you know, when you're going up against a team like Houston, that's a team you should eat against. And, you know, he kind of disappears from time to time. And, you know, I was high on him. I thought he would take over the number one role in this offense. And I'm sure he is the number one receiver, but I just feel like there's a lot of times where he just kind of disappears and it's, it's becoming a little bit of a problem for me. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think CD Lamb's very good. I don't know if he's that ultimate alpha receiver that they thought they had when they let Amari Cooper walk to me, he's a number one receiver that should be paired with another good number one receiver on the other side. If you want to have that elite offense, you know, also he's acting more as his possession receiver. I'll say in this game, not just for C.D. Lamb, but mostly for Dak. Again, I think it's just an off day, and I think they're going to be fine. But what I did see, and I saw a great film breakdown on this on Twitter, and I don't remember who said it, so I can't give them credit. But this was the heaviest zone looks that a defense has given Dak all year. And, you know, this is why we love football, man. I mean, Houston, we talked about them maybe not even being able to beat Georgia. And all it takes – is a defensive coordinator that is able to find something on film on Dak and saying, we're going to play this extremely heavy zone against Dak because I've seen him struggle here. And he was struggling almost the entire game until the last 40 seconds. I do think that the Cowboys are going to see a lot of zone defense in the next few weeks. And we'll see how they take care of that. One more point, by the way, that must be mentioned. Laramie Tunsil, Stonewalled Parsons all game long. I've never used the word Stonewalled and Parsons in a sentence before. So, you know, it's it sucks that Tunsil's kind of rotting away in Houston, but that was a pretty awesome performance. They also ran with a two-quarterback offense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had a red zone, Driscoll, quarterback-led offense. I don't know what's happening there. Kansas City at Denver. Well, it started pretty much like you would expect it to. Kansas City running away with it, blowing out Denver. Russell Wilson starts storming back, has the best game of the season, and then he sees Tweety Birds uh, circling around his head. And Jerry Judy knocked me out of the playoffs in my fantasy league. The Corey Barrett's of all people. Yeah, man. I feel bad for Russell Wilson, man. I, you know, I picked him to win the MVP before the season started, and he obviously has been terrible this year. But, you know... I don't, it's not like the Chiefs took the foot off the gas pedal. They actually came back, the Broncos, if you watch this game, and they flipped the whole entire thing around. They they had a shot to win this game, and then Russell Wilson, you know, goes out after that run. You know, if he, if he doesn't get hurt there, they might win this game, and that's exactly what he would have needed to kind of like – 
get some momentum to shift because like the whole fan base and everybody else has just been ripping on him all year. And the reason why I picked Russell Wilson is because of what he's been his whole career. He's always been that guy. And, you know, after he got knocked out, he got right back up. And that, that shows like exactly who Russell Wilson is. This is not a guy who's going to lay there, get the cart, will go off the field and just kind of pack it in. Even though I think it may be best if they actually just shut him down for the year because I think he needs it. But it was really good to see him. You know, I texted you. I thought like, how the hell is this guy going to come back on the field after they're down 27 nothing? And boy, did he ever, man. They scored 28 straight points, I think it was. And yeah, you know, I think he definitely has that kind of Brady type mentality. And I don't think anyone could take that away from away from him. I think he's just creepy. And I have to say, you know, I don't know if we're going to, you know, I I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. We probably will. There's really no point because he doesn't need reps in the Nathaniel Hackett offense since Hackett will be hacked. But I will start to raise the alarm bell on Kansas City. This is uh, quite a stretch here where this defense has played awful. So I don't know if it was Russell Wilson all of a sudden turning it on or just this defense making the worst starting quarterback in the NFL look good again. That's what Russell Wilson has been this year. Uh, So I'm concerned for Kansas City's defense in the playoffs. I mean, let me paint a picture for you, and you're going to laugh at me, but I was thinking about this uh, last night because it's what I think about at night when I'm staring at the ceiling. (laughs) Let's say the Jets are the seven seed. And they play the Chiefs in round one if the Chiefs don't get the bye. I think it's a terrible matchup for the Chiefs because the defense on the Jets could maybe hold this offense to 20 points, something like that. And this defense is bad enough that I could see the Jets pulling away and not pulling away, but I mean, pulling off away to score three touchdowns. So my point is uh, not so much the Jets, but that I think this team is very vulnerable when it comes playoff season, I think uh, Steve Spag's defense is just playing horrible right now. And there's not a lot of time to get it fixed. I don't think they have the talent to get it fixed. I think the, the players that have upside are just too young and watch out. I, I would not be surprised to see a potential early exit from the playoffs. If this defense plays like they did this week. Yeah. I'm actually not going to disagree with you because I think the chiefs, you know, Mahomes is, tends to, give other teams chances. What I mean by that is he does turn the ball over and, you know, it's not just the defense, the offensive line hasn't been playing great either. They're actually, I think I, if I might have to correct this, but I believe that they've give up more pressures than any other line in the league, as far as uh, allowed pressures from the O line. Um, so that would be surprising. I want to fact check that. But that that good. would be startling and true. I think it's in like the last six weeks or something. But they haven't been playing great. And you know, we saw what happened when you know the offensive line struggles. They lost in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. And this team, offensively, the weaponry that they have is not what that team had. And I feel like they're you know Mahomes is making plays with um, players that. You know, it's there. A lot of them are the same. I mean, there are a lot of there's a lot of playmakers on this team, but there's outside of Kelsey, I think it's Mahomes more than anything else. You know, throwing the ball in situations like, you know, hitting McKinnon on the side when you're flipping the ball and stuff oh like that. Oh my God, that was awesome. So he was even looking at him, he just flinged it. Yeah. Underhand. So, you know, Mahomes is, is a freak. He's the best quarterback in the league by far. And I just think, you know, but he does make mistakes. He had three interceptions in this game, and look what happened. Denver yeah, those were those were costly. Back. We've seen this before. So, yeah, and and the, if you want to talk about a team like the Jets, you know, Mike White is capable of moving the ball. So it's not like they're it's not like a team where the quarterback, you know, it's not like Daniel Jones back there where they just don't have a chance. So if he turns the ball over and the defense like the Jets can shut them down to like a seventeen point game, you know, you might see an outcome like we saw early in the year against the Colts. Yeah, you just never know. I mean, aside from Chris Jones, there's just no names on that defense that are really scaring me much. So we will see how that plays out. That'd be awesome if the Jets beat the Chiefs in the playoffs and I get the call back to this episode. I will keep dreaming. That's why I think about it at night. Carolina at Seattle. Man, Carolina pulls away relatively easily on this one. I'll say, and I had a problem with this one going in, 
The Seahawks at home this year have just not been very strong. You know, Gino was a little off this game. He has not played like he did uh, all year, although Tyler Lockett has now gone six straight games with a touchdown. What a year for him, and what a beautiful toe tap, which has just become like a trademarked move from Lockett. No one really does it quite like him. And I think they were just a little off this week, and we've said it all year, this Panthers defense is underrated. Yeah, and there's a reason why Geno Smith had trouble in this game. His name is J.C. Horn, top three corner in the league. Book it. Probably gonna be- mm, I'm not going to yeah, go top three, but, I will. but he looks great. He's awesome. Richard Sherman-esque. Had, should have had two picks in this game, but he dropped one. But he was causing fits all day. And listen, I would love to see Carolina make the playoffs because I think they're a fun team to watch. Sam Donald's 2-0 and as a quarterback for them. And there's a lot of speed. I'm going to pause you right there. Don't give me the winning stat on Darnold. They did everything they could to not let him throw the ball this week. They clearly don't believe him at all. DJ Moore has zero catches. It's fine. It's, it's, they're just running the ball every single play and playing defense. And Wilkes has the team believing and playing hard. But, yeah, they're yeah, a fun team. That'd be cool Sam if they win the division. Sam Darnold is not Marcus Mariota. He's better than Mariota. Come on. He is better than Mariota. I'll, I'll give you that. But. I don't know if by much. Tampa Bay at San Francisco. San Francisco is just, I mean, I talked about the Lions being the hottest team in the league. You lose your quarterback, no problem. You lose Debo Samuel in this game, no problem. I'm just going to say it. We don't have advertisers anywhere. Anyway, big cock Brock. This, this, I just, this Brock freaking Lesnar Purdy is, he is the beast incarnate. Uh, no, what I mean by this is that this, 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 oh, I should go for the hat trick. This team is just too, uh, too good all around. The defense is on another stratosphere. D'Amico Ryan's clearly getting a head coaching job. <laughs> stratosphere, yo, hat trick. Uh, and D'Amico Ryan's is getting a head coaching job next year. I have a question for you before you go into the game. We talked about earlier this year, you said, look what Jimmy G's doing with this team. Well, now Brock Purdy's dealing with this team. Can we just say that Jimmy G was playing well because this is just the best team by far in the NFL outside of the quarterback position? Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the Eagles, right? I was thinking that as I said it, too. But hold on. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I wasn't saying Jimmy G is an elite quarterback. I just think that there was no reason to go away from him. But now, you know, you trade all these picks for Trey Lance. You sign – Jimmy Garoppolo, and all along, this guy was sitting right there. Now, I know it's only been two games, and I usually don't like to jump the gun. Oh, do it. I'm all about I'm, it. I'm going to. He looks really good. I mean, he looks he looks See like – George Kittle, just holding that arm out between his legs. <laughs> he just looks like he's uh, – nothing, nothing really phases him. I mean, you just went against Tom Brady. You know, you weren't even alive when this guy was playing football. And, you know, it's just – to go up there against the GOAT and score 35 points and have that offense moving the ball, I'm going to say it. I mean, I was a little nervous after Jimmy G got hurt, but this is my Super Bowl team, and I think they're really going to win the Super Bowl. They have everything they need, and, you know, I was not I was a, I was a big believer in Jimmy Garoppolo winning the Super Bowl, so if Purdy's better than him, then who the hell, why would I change my pick and say anything different? They're unbeatable at home. They're a different team at home. Their defense is unbelievable. And I just don't see any team in the entire league that can beat this team. I actually think Purdy might be a better fit for this offense. Obviously, he's not experienced. He's a seventh-round pick. But I actually think he might be a better fit for this offense than Jimmy G. You know, what I think of is I see him rolling out of the pocket and hitting those strong arm throws to the second and third levels. And I know, obviously, the offense has changed since Daddy Mike Shanahan. But, you know, Shanahan always had those kinds of quarterbacks that can move. I mean, obviously, Elway, but, you know, Jake Plummer and Jay Cutler – and, you know, these guys that can roll out and have some legs and move a little bit. And, you know, Brock Purdy has three legs. So I, I think he's doing just fine. It's a tripod. But, I, I, you know, it's funny you say that because there, there's plays that he makes that Jimmy G would not be able to make. That's what I'm saying. He could do things that Jimmy G can't. And I think it's actually opening up this offense. I mean, the fact that forget losing the quarterback, which is obviously huge. 
you know, Debo Samuel, we talked about what a crucial player he is to this team, and he is. And, you know, high ankle sprain, and he sprained his MCL or something with his knee, but he'll be back for the playoffs. But this team didn't even miss a beat without him. So they have McCaffrey now. So it's like, you know, they, they didn't have that last year. Yeah, and also Brandon Ayuk's really freaking good. I, I really love Brandon Ayuk as a football player. I think he's a complete receiver. So, you know, watch out. And, you know, for Tampa, I don't want to talk about it too much because we poop on this team deservedly so every week. They're not a good team. And I'll say it again, man. It's it's possible that Tom Brady might be the problem. And even as a former Brady hater, I hate to say that about the GOAT, but – it's true. He might be the problem here. Maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really going to say he's the problem. I think the team just is not good. Their team sucks. They're not good. All right. Put it this way. I mean, let's see what Brock Purdy does the rest of the I mean, year. But he, Tom Brady didn't put up 35 points against himself. Yes, that's true. But you know, they were this. This offense is broken. They're dinking and dunking. They they barely attack and even the intermediate level. So let me ask you a question. Let's pretend that uh, Brock Purdy wasn't hung like a horse. Let's just say that the Niners have this team and they let Jimmy G go and they don't have a quarterback. Are you comfortable putting all your eggs in the Brady basket? To I mean, it would be it would be picturesque and beautiful if Brady can finish out his career on the team he he grew up rooting for, his favorite team near where he lives, and play for the Niners. But if I'm the Niners now. I mean, just Brady's tape from this year is scary. So you're saying if if Purdy's not there? Yeah, I'm saying. I said if, if Purdy wasn't hung like a horse, like he clearly is, then and Jimmy G, you let him go. And yes, Trey Lance is there. Would you would you throw it all away, all these options away, to bring Tom freaking Brady in with this defense and this running game? And before this year, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Percent. I 100% would bring Brady in. Well, I think they're going to have the opportunity to do it. So well, we'll see if they well, do. Purdy's there. So why would they do that? Well, listen, I, I'm loving what Purdy's bringing to the table and what he's slamming down. But let's uh, let's just see how the rest of the season plays out before we, you know, before we crown this guy. Miami at Chargers. When, you know, just when you think you know who the Chargers are, you know, the Dolphins, who have just not been great on the road, specifically on the West Coast, they're kind of hitting a little bit of a lull. And this just obviously the bottom fell out for them in this game. At one point, Tua was three for 17. Mr. Number one in accuracy and number one in quarterback rating, three for 17. I've never seen a stat line like that on a quarterback before. Especially a quarterback that like that's been playing the way he has. It just wasn't his game at all. He looked off. On, the timing was off all over the place. Um, yeah, it was very uncharacteristic for to see the Dolphins struggle like that. Um, not sure how it happened. I know the Chargers have a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but they haven't really been able to stop anybody this year. So a little weird. Um, as for the Chargers, um, you know, you see a surge coming or you don't believe it? I don't believe in it. I just don't believe in this coaching staff. Um, the only thing I'll say though, is they are a different team with, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field. That's what I was going to say. I think they, what was that to that? They played something like 40, maybe snaps uh, with both of those guys on the field this year. So, you know, if there was a time to get hot, you know, they're right in the thick of it. It's either going to be them, New England or the Jets as that last wildcard spot. I just don't see them beating anybody, any of the, any other team in the AFC. I just don't think they're good enough. I mean, maybe not in the playoffs, but I don't know. We'd have to look at their schedule and, and, and see how it shakes out. And then you have the Monday nighter. It was going to be a stinker anyway. New England at Arizona. And then like the third play of the game, man, I've really enjoyed pooping on Kyler Murray all year. He goes to run. He goes to uh, plant and, you know, keep a run going. And he tears his ACL. This is catastrophic for a franchise that was already looking like they were in bad shape. Yeah, it's it's really bad. Um it's a bad in so many ways, but most importantly, it's really bad for Arizona. I mean, they just gave him so much money. And um, it, it, these injuries like this, you know, it's 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 scary because it's changing the league. I think it, I think that's, you know, a lot like the Ravens are going to see this and they're going to say, 
do we want to pay Lamar Jackson? Then you look at the Eagles. You know, I wanted to bring this up about the Eagles, not to jump topic, but like, do you pay, do you pay Jalen Hurts now? Like, just get it out of the way. Yeah, it's a little too early. You you might as if you're going to pay him anyway, he's going to want top dollar. He's going to want it anyway. <laughs> Ain't not nada. Top. So, <laughs> you, you know, I I don't think you pay a quarterback until you absolutely have to. Arizona wanted to wait one more year. And, man, it makes you think if Murray didn't force their hand and everyone gave him crap for it. But, look, he got the bag and now he got hurt. He's if he didn't force their hand, would they pay him? I don't think so. Well, the, he's not going to play next year. I think he'll play next year, but I think he's not going to play. He's definitely going to be put on up. You know, that's and that's the other scary part. He's a running quarterback. And, you know, even if he comes back after, say, week six or however long the pup is these days, I think it's four weeks now. But even if he comes back, is he going to trust that knee? Is he going to run? And if he's just a pure pocket passer, is he the guy that you wanted him to be? So it's all bad for Arizona, uh, you know. It's his job. You know, yeah, you sent me that article that, that maybe uh, Bidwell and, and, you know, maybe the owners, they just don't have the funds to splurge on free agency. And therefore, maybe they won't fire a coach in order to pay another coach and keep paying Cliff's, Cliff Kingsbury maybe. So it's all bad right now. And I'll tell you, I was on Twitter and because it was actually pretty important for the Jets that New England lost this game, which they didn't. But – Man, when you go on Twitter, uh, Cardinals Twitter is a hot mess right now. I mean, the Cardinals social media, official social media of the Cardinals tweeted something like, I'm confused. And I don't know why they tweeted that, but you got to read the response to these things. I mean, it's just no one knows why they tweeted that. It's very cryptic and weird, but I don't know what they were confused about. But maybe a certain play and a pass interference that wasn't called, which happened late in the game. But the responses were just in unison thousands of Cardinals fans saying, yeah, we're confused too. Why did you pay Cliff? Why did you pay Murray? Why does Cliff still have the job? Why is this franchise awful? I am no longer a fan. I mean, it, it, it was getting pretty ugly on Cardinals Twitter. Yeah. But let's be fair. I mean, when the Cardinals went on that run, paying Kyler Murray, giving Cliff the extension and time behind those three guys, I'm sure every fan was all about it. They thought this franchise was about to turn the corner and become a perennial playoff team. Let's be, let's maybe. be honest. Yeah, maybe. I, I've never been a Cliff fan, oh. but that's, you know, you know how fans so get. Well, I mean, they're fully invested in the, in the GM and Steve Kime. And then, you know, Cliff Kingsbury got that huge contract and Kyler Murray. That's that all three of those guys are all together. So, yeah, well, Kime's had some rough drafts. We've already talked enough about Cliff and, and Murray too, for that matter. So, I don't know. It might be a long couple of years there before they could get out of the situation. On the other side of the ball, I don't have to say much about the Patriots. I don't think they're a good team. They're now right there in the thick of it with the Jets the and playoffs. the Chargers. But, man, I just – I really don't feel like they deserve that playoff spot. Yeah, they definitely – the way they play offense, they're just not a team that I – they're not really someone that I would really care to see in the playoffs. I don't see their offense getting any better. Um, they're extremely, you know, held back and very vanilla. Their defense is really good. Matthew Judon's having an amazing season. Judon's uh, playing awesome. You know, and uh, that's what, you know, gives them the chance. As soon as Murray went out, I, I had a feeling that the game was going to go that way because Belichick just feats on backup quarterbacks. And, yeah, it would stink that they get in. I really don't think they deserve to get in. Um, a lot of their wins are just kind of like this. So, See yeah, pretty pretty ugly stuff. I don't know how this team beat the Jets twice. It's terrible because they played Zach Wilson twice. So with that said, yeah. that wraps up the recaps. Let's get in some game previews. Let's pick some blocks. Let's get some people. to. <laughs> First up, you got the 49ers at the Seahawks Thursday night. San Francisco is only minus three in this game. Man, that's kind of a weird spread. I know the Seahawks have played well. They have not played well at home. San Francisco is so hot right now. I mean, my brain is telling me San Fran by 10. Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners. It seems like a trap. It does seem like a trap. And, you know, the struggles with Seattle has not been their offense, even though Geno had a couple of interceptions. They're, they're They're still pretty damn good on offense. So, And Kenneth Walker's back, too. Um, I'll take San Francisco too, but I probably wouldn't take the game. 
because this is this is the big test for Purdy. And, you know, Seattle's defense is not good, but tough kind environment. Of, even though they haven't been great at all, man. And man. yeah, twelfth man, and and Seahawks run defense sucks. You would think that would line up so well for the 49ers. So it's a weird spread, but yeah, you know, I might take it. I think I'm on it. I'm going to take the 49ers. I don't know what Vegas is trying to do here. Then we got some Saturday slate games. Love this time of year. My wife hates this time of year. Colts at Vikings. The Vikings minus 4.5. This is the type of matchup the Vikings love. It's not prime time. It's against an inferior team. They're home. Four and a half is a little higher a number than I'd like to see, but the Colts have been horrific. Even though the Vikings defense is so bad, I think they could score enough points here to cover this four and a half spread. I love the Vikings this week. Taking the Colts, man. The the Vikings are they're just not a good football team defensively. Defensively, yeah. But I mean, are you? But is is Matt Ryan going to do anything here? The backdoor cover. Maybe the backdoor cover. Maybe it's one of those uh, Jonathan Taylor games. I hope not. I'm playing him in the fantasy playoffs. Next up on the Saturday slate, the Ravens at the Browns. Yuck! Browns are favored by minus two point five. I'm not taking this game. I don't even want to watch this game, but I'll take the Ravens plus 2.5, I guess. The Ravens, Cleveland beat them earlier in the year, I think. Yeah, and now you got Hundley and Watson. I'm going to go with the Browns in this one. I just think their defense is just too good. They're home and, you know, the backup quarterback. I think Watson will get a little better in this game. I know it's a tough defense, but give me the Browns. Cleveland's run D hasn't been that great, and – you know, Baltimore, at least on in the, at the running back position, they're starting to round into form uh, with, you know, Gus Edwards and J.K. J.K. Dobbins. You see his breakaway and he's he's not healthy. In fact, he, he looked like he was running as fast as I run on that breakaway. And yet he still rumbled for 40 yards. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I still got Baltimore plus two five, but I'm off the game. And then finally, your Saturday night primetime matchup. This is the one you want to watch. The Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are minus seven. So, yes, the Bills are a good team. But with the way the Dolphins have played all year, this is a little bit surprising of a spread. But not when you see the last few weeks that the Dolphins played. Man, minus seven in a division game. This is a big game. I don't know what the weather conditions are, but if the weather's okay in Buffalo. It's supposed to snow. I'm okay with snow, but is it going to be windy? I want to check that. But I kind of feel like this is where Buffalo is starting to hit their stride. And I think they kind of wipe the floor with Miami and run away with this one. I'll take Buffalo minus seven. Damn. Wipe the floor. Those are some pretty strong words. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, you know, two on the road. And and now this warm weather quarterback going to Buffalo in the snow. I'm not touching the game, but I said it earlier in the year. If there's one thing that scares me with Miami, it's them playing in these temperatures. And this is a test for them because they're going to be playing in these temperatures in the playoffs. So I will take Miami with the points because I feel like it's too many points in a division game, but I will not be on the game. I'm on the game. I like the Bills. Falcons at Saints in this week's first Sunday slate game. Who really cares about this game? I won't be taking it. The Saints are favored by four and a half. What is interesting is it's Desmond Ritter's first game. Man, Ritter, who was a quarterback that was not ready to play in the NFL coming out, on the road in New Orleans against that defense, minus 4.5. Okay, I said I wasn't on it, but I might have just convinced myself to maybe lock this one up. I like the Saints minus 4.5. I kind of like this. The... Falcons, but you have a thing for Ritter. I feel like I do. Kind of noticed that throughout the year. Yeah, I, I I think he, you know, now now that Steve Pickett's been doing and he's a Steeler, so I'm behind Pickett 100. percent But Ritter was the guy I kind of wanted. So yeah, I got a little soft spot for him. Yeah, I don't really like Ritter. So you're on the Falcons here. I'm not. I just don't, I don't think I don't think they're ready to play a defense like New Orleans in New Orleans. So I will take the Saints. All right. Oh, God, I hate that this is the game. Detroit Lions at the New York Jets. The Jets are plus one. I mean, obviously I'm on the Jets, but obviously I'm off it because I don't bet on Jets games. Uh, This is a tough game. Lions are hot right now. 
But the Jets don't run the ball well anyway. I think if Mike White plays and he's healthy, I think he could have a big game. But as good as the Jets' defense has been, as good as they've been, Lions are scary right now. I'm going to take the Jets, but this is a tough game. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Jets too um, because I just feel like Jared Goff is ready to turn the ball over and the Jets' defense is – is Quentin Williams playing? So he is day-to-day. I think he might end up missing this one, but thank God it's not a serious injury. I thought for sure he ruptured an Achilles and tore everything in his knee and that non-contact where he went down. But, you know, they're saying he's day-to-day, but maybe closer to week-to-week, so I think he's sitting out. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jets regardless. I just think they're too strong on defense, and I'm waiting for Goff to just crumble. Hey, by the way, do you know the Jets have a chance – at being uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year this year. Do you know the it's, last team that did that? I don't know the last team that did it, but I do know that. Who else is it? Saints, Lattimore, and Kamara, 2018. That's pretty recent. That's pretty cool. That was a great draft class that they had there. And I'll tell you what, this Jets draft class, uh, yes, offensive rookie of the year, potentially in Garrett Wilson, uh, defensive rookie of the year, obviously Sauce Gardner. But by the way, Brees Hall, if he played all year, he could have been the offensive rookie of the year. There's some other good-looking rookies. Jane Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's that level of defense rookie of the year, but I mean, this is just a, he looks decent. This is a special, special draft class. Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. Chiefs are minus 14. You know, I think last week, hopefully it was a wake-up call for the Chiefs. I think Houston, that was the best shot they had last week against the Cowboys. It's a big spread. Yeah, sure, I'll lay the 14 points to take the Chiefs. How How are the Chiefs giving 14 and the Cowboys are giving 17? That is kind of weird. It was in Dallas, though. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter with the Texans. That is kind of weird. Same thing. When I wrote these, because I usually go over the games and I predict my own spreads, I had 20 and a half. Yeah. I mean, your math checks out. If the Cowboys are 17, then the Chiefs should be more. Wow. Now I like this game even more. So we're both on the Chiefs. Yeah. Eagles at Bears. The Eagles are minus nine. Man, the Bears' defense, I know it's coming off a bye week. They're non-existent. I would love to see Justin Fields have a field day. Didn't even mean to do that pun. But the Eagles are just too strong right now. Um, Single-digit points against one of the worst overall rosters in the NFL. Yeah, give me the Eagles on the road. Yeah, as, as much as people like want to talk about what I said about the Eagles earlier, I'm thinking they're just going to run all over this team. I think they're this is going to be a double-digit win for the Eagles. And don't forget, this might be a Jalen Hurts arm day, by the way, because the Bears are the worst pass defense in the NFL. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Carolina Panthers. Panthers minus 2-5. What's the deal with Pickett? Is it, we don't know yet? I haven't heard anything yet. Mm, well, if Dustin hasn't heard it, then you all definitely haven't heard anything yet. I'm going to take the Panthers minus 2.5. Sorry, Dusty. What's the next game? (laughs) You don't even want to say. That tells you everything you need to know. Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a fun game. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half. I bet you that the money is going to be heavily on the Jaguars after the Cowboys week last week and after how Trevor Lawrence played. But ultimately, the Jaguars' defense has been really bad for a long time. You have to imagine that the Cowboys players got a zone in and focus this week after they almost gave that game away. Lawrence hasn't shown that he's consistent yet, and this is a tough defense. Give me the Cowboys minus 4-5. Yeah, Jacksonville's defense has been bad. You know, I was all over Devin Lloyd early in the year. He's not even playing anymore. He's been benched. Has he? Yeah, he got benched last week. Wow, that's wild. I think you're right. I think this is absolutely the wrong scheme for this defense. Yeah, I just don't think it fits. They're, you know, you got players like Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker playing outside. It just doesn't make any sense. They I watched that a, this week. They have, they have them dropping the coverage a lot more than I thought they would have. It just doesn't make sense. So, I'm, yeah, I'm going to roll with Dallas on this. I just think they're just too good of a team. But, you know, what is it, four and a half? Yeah. I think the spread, if it was like a touchdown, I might take Jacksonville, but I'll take Dallas. Yeah, this is this actually might be one of my more favorite games of the week. God, I hate saying that about the Cowboys. Cardinals at Broncos. Yuck. Probably, I'm guessing Russell Wilson's not going to play either. The Broncos are favored minus 2.5. Put this in the who cares column for me, but I guess I'll take the Broncos minus. Oh, my God, I hate saying that, but I'll take the Broncos minus 2.5. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Brett Ripien starting the game against Colt McCoy. I don't think Colt McCoy operated an offense much worse than Kyler Murray. Well, he didn't do anything last week. He was pretty bad. Um, I'm changing defense. my pick. I'm taking the Cardinals. Denver's D, man. They're really good. They are pretty good. I'm changing my pick back. I'm back on the Broncos. <laughs> pick the game. Just move on. <laughs> Nobody knows how to pick this New game. New England at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are favored by one. That's a weird spread. Belichick's going to destroy McDaniels. Oh, my God. It's Belichick versus McDaniels. Oh, I hate this. Yeah, I'm but- not talking about Bill either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Little Stevie's going to beat up on Uncle Josh. Mm-hmm. All right. Give me the Patriots plus one. You just convinced me. You want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I'll take New England. I'm off this game. That's that's a weird spread. Yeah, you weird. don't want to take New England, I know. It's a weird game. Tennessee Titans at the LA Chargers. Chargers are minus three. I kind of feel like the Titans are on this rough patch. And give me the Chargers minus three. It's dangerous territory. Anytime you think that you could believe in them, but I'm on it. Forget once again this week. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee. I don't bet on the Chargers. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. Cincinnati Bengals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bengals are minus 3.5 as a road favorite. 3.5. That 0.5 is pretty interesting. Man, Bucks defense has just not been playing well enough. This feels like the game that I like that goes the other way, but I'll take the Bengals minus 3.5. I just I keep thinking the Bucks are going to turn it on a little bit at some point, and they're just going backwards. Yeah, they're going backwards fast. I'm going to take Cincinnati. They're just too hot of a team. And their defense is pretty damn good. So I'll take the Bengals. Jamar Chase, take me to the playoff fantasy wonderland or whatever. Giants at Washington Commanders. Here we go. Round two. Commanders are minus 4.5 this time as the home favorites. Ooh, that's a lot of points. I mean, I like the Commanders more, but I don't know if I like them that much more. Giants are playing like dog duty. Give me the Giants. I just have a feeling. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants, too, to cover the spread. I mean, they literally tied last time. Heineke's got to break down at some point. He's just throwing way too many bad footballs out there, and someone's got to grab him outside of Washington. Yeah, I don't know if Giants D are the the defense to do it, but I'll take the Giants anyway. Rams at Packers. Packers minus 6-5. Yeah, give me the Packers. Baker's not going to do what he just did uh, two weeks in a row. And he didn't even have that great a game outside of that one drive. I like the Packers minus 6-5. Yeah, the Baker story ends. It's a great week for him. It's good to see him, you know, after the rough year he's had. But I just don't think they can hang with Green Bay. So well, I'll say the- this. It's the Monday nighter. You know Baker loves the limelight. So we will see, but it might end up being not that entertaining of a game. Certainly not as entertaining as the new age footballers. That wraps it up for us. Uh, hit us up with some questions. I'm at NA Footballers on Twitter. He's at New Age Footballers on Instagram. Slide up in our DMs, and we might just give you a shout-out on the show and answer your question. Maybe we'll do something like that, Dusty. What do you think? Yeah, hey, I'm cool with it. All right. Uh, until next week, Redhead Zone, we out. Peace. Oh.